Fast forward, we kept people warm, keep the investors warm. Deals are coming, deals are coming. The deal came. We put it out there. We hosted another webinar about the deal. Money was to be wired on Tuesday. Our requirement was $250,000. We ended up raising $500,000. This is the naked truth about real estate investing. Your host, Javier, has already been through all the brain damage of this business, so you don't have to go through it. That way, you're not exposed to all of the risk of losing your shirt or getting caught with your pants down. So let's dive into another no BS episode right now. Hello, everybody. I'm your host, Javier Inoko. And today I have Brandon Magarowski and the Naked Truth about real estate investing. It was either I got his name correct or I was going to say my last name because I know I can definitely get that one correct. And um, having a strange last name, man, it's always, it's always a challenge, right? Especially with mine. Somebody gave me menu one time. They were saying menu, menu. I'm like, nobody rose their hand. I'm like, raise their hand. I'm like, is that me? Like, they're like, yeah, that's you. Uh, anyways, I don't know how they got that out of my last name, but I appreciate you being on the show. You're a multifamily investor. You're out of uh, Shreveport, Louisiana. So why don't you go ahead and uh, introduce yourself and uh, let us know a little bit about what you Yeah, do. sure. Javier, thanks for having me, man. Like you said, I, I live in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm actually originally from Alberta, Canada. I came down to Shreveport in 04 for baseball, got a scholarship, played a few years, coached a couple years, quickly figured out that coaching baseball wasn't the route I wanted to take. I had the entrepreneur spirit. So we actually started a baseball company called Diamond Dynasty, which that's my W-2 job today. We've been running that company for about seven years, and we organize and host showcase baseball tournaments. Uh, we also do youth tournaments in the state of Louisiana. But we've grown that company since 2014 from five tournaments to we do over 100 events a year now. Wow. And along my path of operating that company, one of the co-owners of the company was involved in some real estate deals in Panama City, Florida. And he was talking about how he was taking these properties and converting them to short-term rentals and having a lot of success with it. And I said, man, I'm really interested in what you got going on. I, I love real estate. I don't know a lot about it other than my own residential property that you know, you buy for one price and a couple of years later, it appreciates yourself for more and you make some money. So that got me really interested. And uh, so Ramsey kind of took me under his wing, sent me a couple of books to read. I read them. I said, all right, I'm ready to roll. And we ended up buying two properties in Shreveport, a three-unit property and a six-unit property. And two dates, that was back in 2015, we've built our portfolio, uh, joined a couple other partners within our group. We're now called Real Focus Capital, and we have 150 units under management. And we're continuing to grow that uh, investment company alongside our W-2s. And it's been quite the, uh, quite the journey over the past six years, to say the least. Uh, that's awesome, man, doing the baseball and, uh, and you got into real estate. So that, that's super cool. So I want to talk a little bit about baseball and then how that transitioned to real estate. Sure. All right, cool. All right. So go ahead, Brian. So, so you, you have tournaments. So what kind of tournaments do you guys hold? Like uh, just to get like group, my daughter's boyfriend is 16. And he has like a travel, a travel league and he just goes plays all over the country. He's pretty good. He's like six, three, he can throw fastball. He can catch, he can do everything. So yep. you, you, you get like these kind of travel teams and just big tournaments or what yeah that's do? exactly what we're doing so okay. people are building they play their high school summer season the yeah. months of june and july have become yeah. a big recruitable season because yeah. college coaches are now out of season as well so these teams are put together they travel around the country some stay local and we're one of the uh tournament organizers we organize and host the events throughout the southeast we're in uh 10 states now and like i said we've grown it from just one state back in 2014 
we will host over 100 events this year alone. And like just pretty much all over the U.S. or do you guys stick to a certain area or mainly or in the know? southeast? Okay, mainly in the southeast. Okay, yeah. So he just finished his uh, high school. He just finished high school. Went to the playoffs, and then like my daughter's like, "Hey, I'm not going to see my boyfriend pretty much all summer because he's traveling yeah. at a week at a time. He comes back for three days, gone for a week. So it's yeah. pretty cool. I mean, that's pretty cool. So tell me, have you have any of the any like kids gone through your program? Or through your tournaments, any of them like went to big colleges or played in, in the in the uh, major leagues? Oh yeah, no, we get a lot of uh, players that come through that get scholarships through our events. Uh, but that's we're just creating the platform for them okay. to be showcased, right? It's it's oh, yeah. the coaches and the teams and their yeah. parents that have built the the player, and yeah, they just come through our event. They get a chance to be seen. They get a chance to compete. But we've had several, several, several players every single year get scholarships that have played in our events, but they also play in other people's events. Sure, There's a lot sure. of different opportunities out there, and we just create a little different experience than somebody else. I mean, like you said, this this baseball travel sports industry is growing tenfold every yeah. single year because yeah. it's just more opportunity to have better experiences in any sure. sport and travel with your family and go have a good time in different parts of the country. Yeah. So tell me how the transition is going, right? Like at what point do you see yourself saying, Hey, maybe you hand this business off to somebody else, or maybe you sell it, or maybe you just love it. You want to keep doing it. Like at what point do you see yourself disinvesting full-time in, in a uh, multifamily? Yeah, it's, it's kind of, you know, we really started thinking about that this past year as we started closing bigger deals. It's like, wow, and this thing is going pretty fast. At what point do you have to sacrifice getting rid of the W2 and go full bore at the real estate right yeah. now? All four of our partners have a W-2, but our W-2s are flexible, right? Okay. So the baseball business, I work from home. I set my own hours. Our team sets their own hours. There's jobs to be done. You can get them done at seven in the morning or midnight. It doesn't really matter. There is certain parts of the season where you have to go run events and it's our busy time. And then there's lulls in the season where we have a lot of time to put efforts into real estate or side gigs. A lot of our partners inside the baseball business have other things going on in their life, and we encourage that. But right now, we love it way too much. It's growing twenty five percent year after year. Wow! And we, you know, we're going to start discussing, you know, an exit strategy for that company. But right now, the path that we're going on with the W two and the real estate, there's no need to change anything at this point. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. So let me ask you this: so working a W two job and um, doing some real estate aside. So tell me a little bit about when you get something under contract, right? Like, you know, maybe raising some money. What's your network like? Is it just you and your partners or what have you done, right? To, to help close some of these deals. Yeah. So I'll just give you an example. The 119 unit deal we recently closed a few weeks ago in Lubbock, Texas. We were brought into that deal by another general partnership group. So this okay. general partnership group went and found the deal and they said, man, we need some help raising capital. We need to bring another team on. And this was two weeks before closing. And we got in on that deal. We ended up raising a half a million dollars in eight days. Oh, wow. That's pretty and, good. Eight days. Yeah, in eight days. But what people want, what I want people to understand is that it took us six months of work to raise that capital in eight days. Right. So, so, so explain that. Explain that because I understand it, but I want to make sure that right. the audience does. So anytime you're dealing with, there's two things in people's lives that are the most important to them. Their kids and their money. So when you're dealing with those two things, so in the baseball world, we're dealing with both of those. We're dealing with the kids and their money. So we got to be real careful on not over-promising, under-delivering on things. 
making sure we're giving a good experience. On the real estate side, you're starting to ask family, friends, colleagues, business people with a lot of wealth for their money, their hard-earned money. And they're going to put it your trust. They're basically trusting you to put it in the deal. So what we did six months ago, we started telling people what we're up to. That's the biggest mistake a lot of entrepreneurs and people in real estate or whatever you're doing. You don't tell anybody what you're doing. So they don't understand. They don't even know what you're up to. So we just started. You're not a secret agent, right? Exactly. You're not a secret agent. So if we were going to raise money for real estate, people need to know that's what we're up to. I can't just have people looking at Brandon and going, oh, that's just the baseball guy. I needed to let people know that, hey, we're, we're investing our money and others people's money into these apartment complexes. And there's good opportunities for good returns, a good tax shelter, et cetera, with these properties. Yeah. So six months for ago, sure. we started telling people what we're doing. We built a database of emails. We started sending information out. We hosted a webinar called Why and How to Invest in Apartment Complexes. It's on our YouTube channel. We invited everyone to come for free and listen to us explain why you can put your money into real estate and why it's a good investment avenue for your capital. Fast forward, we kept people warm, keep the investors warm. Deals are coming, deals are coming. The deal came, we put it out there. We hosted another webinar about the deal. Money was to be wired on Tuesday. Our requirement was $250,000. We ended up raising $500,000. Number one, people believed in the deal. Number two, people trusted us. Yeah. We built the trust for them yeah. to know that they were in their money to the right spot. For sure, right? There's kind of three things, right? You have the deal, you have the returns, and then you have you know trust, right? And usually, if people like you, they trust you, they're going to invest with you, right? And then they look at the deal, and then they look at the returns, right? Because you might have a project that doesn't fit their portfolio, right? Yep. Maybe you're doing multifamily, maybe they buy self-storage. So Correct. that's kind of what they um, kind of look for. But it's, I like what you said, right? You started working on it six months ago. I get people ask all the time, right? Deal flow and like, hey, where do you get your money? And you hit the nail on the head, right? You're not going to ask for money today for the first time or even educate anybody. You know, if you're closing in two weeks, right? You got to start that process months, months ago and just start warming them up, right? And they get to know you, they get to trust you. They like you or they don't like you, right? And then uh, you're able to raise that money right away. And That's uh, right. Yeah, you want to create, you want to be likable, trustable, and you want to make sure that you are the expert in the field. So, even though I like you, Javier, and I trust you, you're going to ask me for $50,000 for some sort of deal. I want to know that you've done your due diligence on the property and you've educated yourself and you understand this better than anybody else. And those are the three things that will get people to go to buy into what you're doing. Cool. So in your partnership right now, what is your role? So my role, I, I have a master's in business administration. So I'm really good uh, behind the computer, creating systems, creating workflows, awesome. holding everybody accountable. So that's my role inside of this group is going to be project management from an administrative side, uh, capital raising, Right now, all four of us are trying to be really good at everything. We're trying to understand the underwriting in full, how to get deal generation, how to raise capital. And that's really important early on is that you need to know how to do everything before you can delegate that task, right? I need to know how to underwrite before I bring an underwriter on our team. Because if I don't understand the underwriting and the underwriter comes in and starts underwriting properties, he's going to show me that information. I'm going to have no clue how to read it, right? So right now we've got a good, good really good team of four people, but we're kind of doing everything together. And 
eventually, actually later this year, we're already talking about branching off into specific roles within Real Focus. Cool. Yeah, that was going to be my next question, right? Like, what do you think is your greatest strength? And right now, what do you need help on, right? What do you personally you improve on? Yeah. Personally, I need to improve on underwriting. Okay. Uh, I've spent, I, I mean, anyone that's in business and entrepreneur spends a lot of time in front of the computer on spreadsheets. And after a while, it, it wears on you. So now I'm learning new underwriting spreadsheets and it's kind of, it's, it's a little bit overwhelming because you spend so much time on the computer. So yeah. for me personally, I need help with underwriting, but the good, great thing about our team is we've got a, a guy named Chris on our team. Who's our underwriter specialist. Yeah, that's awesome. So he's going to teach, he's going to learn the ins and outs all the way through. And then he's going to teach us how he does it. Right. But my greatest strength, I would say is I'm really good face-to-face on the phone with potential investors. I know how to get through to people on a personal level. I don't come in as a sales guy. I'm not a used car salesman. I don't, I tell the truth. I tell them, you know, this is where we're at with real focus is what we've done. This is where we want to go. I'm not over promising you anything. We're putting our own monies in the deal. So I'm really good at creating trust amongst the people that I speak with. Hey, I'm going to put some of your links uh, in the show notes, websites, and things like that for all the audience who wants to sign up to any of their newsletters, email list. We'll have some some ways to contact Brandon on the show notes after the interview. So we can do that for you. Anything in the pipeline right now that you can talk about? Yeah, we got. I mean, we got some more deals in the pipeline now that we've done. We did the big deal in Lubbock. That's kind of created a bunch of traction for us. Awesome. Uh, the group that we did it with. That's, that's the way it works, right? You, you close right. the deal, and all, all of a sudden, it just the deal flow starts coming. Yeah. Right, and 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 literally for for six months, we sat there going, "Man, when is this going to take off for us?" Yeah. You know, it's it's a very get rich slow game with real for estate sure. because a mistake a lot of people make, and I made it with the properties in Shreveport, is that you get really emotionally attached to wanting to get a deal done. Yeah. Right, your first deal, you want to get in real estate, you want to buy something in your backyard. The first deal you see, you buy it because you think it's going to automatically make money, and that's not the case in real estate. You've got to take the emotion out of it and you've got to look at the numbers. You've got to understand the numbers and trust the numbers and use data, use data to target your market and use yeah. the data to basically vet the property and get it under contract. So that's early on, me being emotional, I invested in a couple of properties locally that just have not panned out, but I chalked them up as a junior college education, right? Maybe there cost me a couple thousand dollars, but I've learned a hell of a lot of what not to do. And that's, that's yeah. basically entrepreneurship in itself, right? For sure. You make mistakes, you learn what not to do, and then you move forward. Yeah. Well, I was going to ask you what's the biggest mistake you made. And it sounds like one of the mistakes was being emotionally attached, but I'll go ahead and ask it, right? What are right. the mistakes you've made? The biggest mistake we made in our early on in my real estate investing, as you call it, career, it's only been about four or five years, is not understanding market research before purchasing the property. Okay. So we bought the properties in Shreveport, a three unit and a six unit. They're good properties. They meet all the underwriting criteria. They meet the 1% rule. They meet everything that you want your property cash flow. The problem is, is you run into delinquencies, high crime rate in the city, low job growth, population decline. We didn't see those. We just figured whatever Ramsey was doing at Panama City Beach with his properties, we'll just cookie cut that, we'll bring it to Shreveport, and we'll be successful. We'll be rolling in cash flow monthly. Well, all of a sudden, a year in, the properties are just breaking even. 
and we're going, well, what's going on? Why is there so many delinquencies? Why is there so many vacancies? What is it the property manager? No, it's the market. Shreveport is one of the worst markets to invest in in multifamily. And we figured that out too late. Now, I still own the properties and we're getting them to perform. There's money to be made in all different markets and different avenues. But the biggest mistake that I made, number one, too emotional. Number two, not enough market research. So what did I do? We went to a conference to learn how to market research properly. We use data points now to find the best markets to invest in. And those data points include job growth, prime rate, household, median household value, et cetera, right? We're using the spreadsheet with data to find the best market to invest in. And it goes back to my other point, Javier, is that I made mistakes, but I will not make them again. That, that's awesome, right? You got to learn from your mistakes, right? You don't really lose, you learn. And uh, it's kind of strange, right? When you make a mistake like that, or just a mistake, the way it just stays with you, right? Like you just don't forget, like, man, like, it's like seared into your brain, right? It's just like it burns in my gut every night. I think <laughs> about it. It burns in my gut. Uh, yeah, which is you know what? I appreciate you uh, you being candid and kind of sharing, right? Um, it's just you know people got to understand. You know you don't always hit a home run, right? It sometimes doesn't work out as you plan, and that's just part of business. You know, it's just part of business. You got to be able to pivot, learn, and uh, don't lose your shirt, right? Hopefully, you don't lose everything, but uh, you're able to to pivot and scale and and, and analyze. Say, hey, what well, what did we do right? What did we do wrong? And then what are we going to do moving forward? That's right. So, and you look on social media, yeah. if you follow any real estate people that are successful, all you see is the good stuff that yeah. they post, right? You see the closings, you see this, you see that. And you're like, man, these guys are killing it. But behind all of that was mistakes. I promise you that even the biggest Grant Cardones and Brad Summerhawks and all these big gurus, they made mistakes and they've lost money along the way. And they'll share those stories with you, but their, their job right now is they want to promote you know, the good things that are happening, just like we do. We want to promote the yeah. closings and everything. But if you're young and, and you're looking at bigger pockets or on LinkedIn and you see all this great stuff going on, just understand that behind all the successes are a bunch of failures. Yeah, for sure. A lot of failures, a lot of learning, a lot of lessons, for sure. That's well, well put, Brandon. Mm -hmm. I appreciate that. Hey, so we're, we're almost out of time. I'm actually to the point of the show that I really enjoy which is the uh, Naked Truth Roulette. I got a roulette and I'm just going to push the button and I'm going to ask you three random questions. It has nothing to do with real estate so we can all get to know Brandon and uh, uh, you in a more personal level. So I'm nervous. And, I'm uh, nervous don't, now. No, don't be too nervous. Don't be too nervous. <laughs> While I wait for this to load up, I know I mentioned earlier that I put your contact information in the show notes, but go ahead and uh, tell everybody how... Uh, they can get a hold of you, your website, you know, anything else. Yeah, our website is uh, realfocus.org, realfocus.org. My email is brandon at realfocus.org. And we actually just launched a podcast, Gorilla State Investing Podcast, Gorilla State Investing Podcast. I love that name, by the way. I think it's a, it's a, it's a pretty cool name. So Thank you. All right. So I'm going to go ahead and take this first spin. Let's go with the first question for Brandon on the Naked Truth Roulette. Let's see what we got. Our time limit on how long I have to answer this. Uh, we'll give you like 30 seconds. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. This is a good one. Would you rather be a hero or a villain for a day? I'd be a hero for a day. Be a hero? Ah, I didn't take you that long to answer. No, that's oh, that, was, that, was, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. All right. Next question. Have you ever cried at a movie? And if you have, which was which movie? I have not. I've been wow. close, but I have not. My wife says I don't have a tear ducts. So. Oh, my goodness. So you have not cried in a movie. <laughs> so, Brandon, it might be a robot because you're like the second person. That has not yeah. been a movie that I've asked this question to. All right, let's roll. 
Okay. <laughs> so you're not wearing a mask. Okay. There's no mask. It's no COVID, but you got to meet somebody in an elevator and you could either do one of these two things. You can either brush your teeth or do your hair. Which one would you do? I'm going to brush my teeth. Oh, that's awesome. That's good. Absolutely. I, I, I mean, nothing worse uh, than, uh, uh, you know, close up stank breath. So, uh, <laughs> I'm going to brush I was, those teeth. <laughs> I was at, uh, I was at, uh, I got some friends here from out of town and we're doing an event here for some teens doing the teen millionaire challenge. And we were driving in the car, was handing all the other guys a mint. And, uh, one of the guys was talking about a story of, um, this big real estate guy. He said he had a $5 investment, which like a spray or some mints was the best investment ever because he, he couldn't count the times that somebody tried to pitch him a deal with bad breath. I know. So, anyway, I, I bet he didn't remember what their hair looked like. He didn't remember not, what their breath smelled like. Yeah, yeah for sure. <laughs> <laughs> Brandon, I appreciate you being a, a good sport and and taking on these uh, these uh, three questions and coming on the show. Um, anything else you'd like to share? Anything you got coming up? Or I know your podcast. Anything in uh, in particular? No, no. If you if you want to get a hold of me and and talk real estate or anything else business wise, I'm on LinkedIn, yeah. on Facebook. Uh, realfocus.org. I appreciate you having me, Javier. Yeah, Brandon, I look forward to being on your on your show as well, and uh, we can have uh, continue the conversation. Awesome, so, man. I appreciate it. I'm Javier Inoko, your host. Don't lose your shirt. Time consuming. It can be very scary. It could be like a, trying to get somewhere without a roadmap. So that's why I created this due diligence list when I buy a property. I'm going to buy an apartment building, or even a mobile home park. You can use it for mostly pretty much any commercial property. But this one specifically is for a multifamily. It could be a six unit. It could be a 600 unit. You can use it for what you like. So go ahead and sign up, put your name, email. I'll send you the free link to my due diligence. This is what I've used to buy hundreds and hundreds of units, if not thousands of units. So sign up, you'll get my link. Uh, you get an Excel sheet as well. And also we use the software, project management software, monday.com. Feel free to sign up for a free trial. I do have an affiliate link. You don't pay any extra. They just pay me a small fee. Don't have to use it. You have the Excel spreadsheet, but if you use monday.com, it's actually a lot better, a lot smoother, a lot prettier, and you can do a whole bunch of other stuff. There's even a video there I created in the link. So check the link, sign up, and this is my giveaway for you guys. Thank you so much. Take care. This has been The Naked Truth. Our mission is to give it to you raw. If you got value from this episode, you're invited to leave an honest written review and share this episode with a friend. Thanks for listening, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you.